Welcome to Alvarado on Maction. I'm Alex. Scott's here to tell me what was the one movie you told me was on Netflix and is the worst movie you've ever seen. It's Army of the Dead. Why is it? Why is, the, why is it the worst? Oh my yeah. god. The plot doesn't make sense. Um, the acting's really bad. The premise is pretty cool, but it falls short of being cool. You know what I'm saying? Is this like a movie that is bad because it was always trying to be bad? One of those movies, but or is it trying to not be bad? Just winds up being very shorted, like on many, many, many fronts. I think they tried to make it good, but it turned out bad. Like it's it's two and a half hours long, and it could easily be like a ninety-minute movie. Did you say two and a half? Two and a half hours long. You watched all of it? Yeah, and I didn't want to, but it just kept going and going. Well, because it's that bad, you got to keep watching. You got to figure out. I guess why it's so bad. Jesus Christ. But yeah, there well, was... I'm glad you told me that because like, you also told me to watch it and I said, okay. Oh, yeah, you should. <laughs> Two and a half 100%. hours? Yeah, you should 100% watch it. It's definitely worth a watch one time and then you get to complain about it with the rest of the world. You know? That's that's the fun of bad movies is you get to complain how bad they are with other people. Well, I don't actually say anything. I just watch and read what other people complain about the movie and then I secretly agree and then show my wife the messages as well. We all like, yeah, it's terrible. That's all we actually do. Did she watch it too? Yeah, she made me watch it. That was oh my god! She's like, I got this great movie for us to watch. I was like, all right, and then it just <laughs> wasn't great at all. It was was that? Bad. Was this the second time she watched it? And she just like, no, this was the first time. She thought she saw the trailer. I was like, oh, this is gonna be like really good. It's cool. It's like, it's like a zombie movie, but it's like a heist movie, like all in one. I didn't know that before. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad I know this wrinkle. Okay, because I could definitely understand. Like, okay, Scott went in looking for some garbage to watch, whether he liked it or not, and got sucked in. You know, organically that way. But the fact that you got sucked in because of your wife—that's that's a, that's an important detail in all of this. And I'm glad that you brought that to light. Yeah, I get to hold it over her. Remember that one time you made me watch a terrible movie? It's definitely in my back pocket to pull up next time when she has a suggestion that I don't want to see. And she's like, oh, remember that one time you said this movie was going to be good? It wasn't. And, and it was like, uh, and I also it was down. like 150 minutes long. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I can see that as well and then secretly watch what I want to watch. And then it'll also be equally as bad, but at least I got to watch it. That More seriously, though, uh, outside of the, the realm of cinema, Outside of our expertise in that area, we just have one topic to really talk about as far as uh, actual mech football shit is concerned. Last week, I was supposed to go over the week two games because two episodes ago, we did the week ones. I didn't, Had I kept up with that pace, then like today we'd be doing week three. But instead, we're just going to combine them all and say who has the best chances of getting to a 3-0 and start. Uh, more realistically, getting to an 0-3 start. Uh, who is going to be lucky enough to find themselves at 2-1 and come week four? And who's going to come up just short of that? So uh, it'll be fun to see, like, what kind of mixes of, you know, teams that, you know, if their first three weeks are an FCS team, a Big Ten team to get, you know, some, some of the bills paid, 
and then one of like the and then another game that's like a little bit more winnable maybe like another g5 opponent you know sometimes teams have that sort of start to the season with some movement around some teams have just like less winnable games straight up uh have it be because that's the way they scheduled it or that's just the way you know their team's looking this year so that'll be fun to look over really quickly but before i continue just make sure if you like what you hear today uh or any of the past what episode is this this is like episode 17 jesus christ the past 16 episodes and would like to contribute to the growth of this podcast and the discord and macfootballblog.com head over to patreon and support you know our adventure for three bucks a month that would help out a ton a few people already have thank you matt thank you seth scott you have the notes in front of you um you kind of have a little bit of familiarity of like you know who some of these non-conference teams are uh who we're going to see are there any matchups within the first three weeks of the season that kind of pique your interest i know we were kind of looking at buffalo you know had lance leipold stuck around you know a lot of these games would be a lot more winnable and like a lot more you know we'd probably be talking about buffalo being potentially three and oh to start the year but without them, maybe it's going to be a lot differently. But do any of those games intrigue you or any other Mac first non-Mac games intrigue you? Well, I'm interested in the Syracuse-Ohio game. It's always yeah. fun when there's a FBS team going or a, G, a P5 team going to a G5 stadium. That's always something I enjoy. Not, not only that, but it's like actually something that could happen, like Ohio oh, yeah. over Syracuse. Yeah, it's definitely winnable for Ohio. So like that oh, for sure. definitely makes it super big. I think for aesthetic reasons, I'm excited about the Long Island versus Miami game. Good the Long call. Island uniforms are really, really cool, and I'm really excited to see them in action. Yeah, I mean, the logo, the color scheme, the oh, color yeah, scheme they, is really hot. Yes, it really is. And if there's ever, home field ever comes out with a Long Island Sharks gear and apparel, I'm all over. That's going to be my first buy ever. Was it like baby blue and yellow, baby blue and gold? But yeah, I don't. I'm not good with colors, but it's it's like I think it is like that baby blue. It looks sharp. It's very sharp. Very sharp indeed. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely those two. But like, uh, moreover, like unlike the Ohio Syracuse game, like for like everything that like we just kind of just touched on, like it's a winnable game for Ohio because Syracuse is kind of down. It's at Ohio. Anytime you get a P5 to a G5 arena, it's awesome. But it'll be the first time we see non-conference play since, you know, Corona was a thing. You know what I mean? Because, sure, yeah. like, last year we only saw, like, MAC teams versus MAC teams, which I kind of think college football is a little bit better that way. But It was, yeah. I mean, it's still going to be like, oh, finally we get to see, like, what other teams look like, you know, and kind of, like, broaden our horizons. Because oh, yeah. and... we only got that in the bowl games last mm-hmm. year. We got... And even then, like, it's just, eh, not really. Yeah. It was fun when Buffalo played uh, San Jose State. Yeah. But on the whole, it just like wasn't the same, though. Yeah, for sure. I, and I so know. it'll be nice to just really, really start with that one, too. I kind of have I, mean, I have things broken up on our list. Teams under 3-0, and teams under 2-1, and teams under 1-2, and teams under 0-3. These are the finishes that I think teams will finish in. Uh, and I kind of have, like... 
you know, if you're a patron subscriber, you can see the notes here too. You know how confident I am in them starting two and one, or how strongly I feel about team going one and two, stuff like that. Um, for three and zero, I don't really see any Mac team going three and zero right now. At least I don't feel too confidently in it. If I had to pick one, maybe two teams to actually pull off a three and zero start, I guess maybe I would say let's start with Ball State. Uh, I think Ball State's going to finish two and one. They have Western Illinois, Penn State, Wyoming. Penn State obviously is the one where I think like Ball State's going to lose. Um, but you know who knows? Like Penn State, Penn State was pretty bad last year, right? All things considered, it was like a weird football year. I don't know how much to believe in what we saw in 2020. But that was a weird-ass year for Penn State. Because I think they lost... I mean, they lost the Indiana game by the one guy diving. Penix. Penix. Michael Penix. Yeah, don't say Penix. No, I have more respect than that. Um, but, I mean, still, on the whole, like I would expect Penn State in any year to beat Ball State in any year. But given the fact that Ball State has risen up over the years to last year's championship run and having all these super seniors back to lead the squad again uh, and grad transfers sticking around again. Ball State's a serious, serious threat, so Penn State will have to bring its A game for sure, um, but I wouldn't... Yeah, I mean, I, I just I mean, I, I just always bet on Penn State anyways for that. Uh, and Wyoming, too. Wyoming's, you know, they're kind of lacking on offense, but its defense is really good and is returning think what I read somewhere on the internet, like 21 starters on each side of the ball total. So that's, that's a good recipe for, for Wyoming moving forward. So Alex, uh, you have uh, so you have Ball State as a medium one. Would you right. consider them as possibly being like a super soft 3-0 and or are you just going to be like pretty medium to them? I mean, I... If given, like, ten chances to beat Penn State, I think Penn State would still beat them at least nine times. Okay, so we're talking, like, super soft, like, chinchilla soft. Yeah. I guess. Okay. Just so people can get a good visualization how soft it is. That's how going here. The, the other team that, that could make a possibility of going 3-0, and I believe, is someone that I have listed down here at one and two because like we don't really know what we have in Ohio based on how much they were able to play in 2020. So my initial thought is just to like keep my expectations of them low, not knowing everybody that's going to be star studded, especially on that defense. Like there's a lot of holes on that defense, a lot of things that I have like question marks about, but they also have the capability and some of the talent on offense to potentially put up some points on offense if they can put up more points than than I you know maybe initially think of them if they can get up to like 30 40 points a game especially in these early games maybe they can get past Syracuse for sure I think they'll uh play well and at least beat Duquesne the FCS team Louisiana is going to be a really tough get especially on the road uh that quarterback is awesome it's uh something Levi right Number one for Louisiana. Levi Lewis, yes. Yeah, yeah, that guy's really good. And, like, they're really well coached. Uh, I know their coach was, you know, 
someone that a lot of teams wanted over the offseason. Still at Louisiana, they have a really good system there. So, yeah, Louisiana is going to be really, really tough to get. But if Ohio is ends up being really awesome on offense, then I could see that being a game. But until then, I mean, you'd have to prove it for me to believe that they'll beat both of them in this year. So that's why I have them at 1-2 and two to start the year. But uh, definitely leaving the door there for me to be totally wrong on that front. Totally leaving that door there for them. The other team that has probably the best chance of having a winning start to the you know three-game start of the year, is it bad if I say Eastern? Because, I mean... Just look that's at the schedule. Bad. That's bad. Is it? Damn it. That's, that's not going to happen. I mean, but like, let's. I mean, look at that start. Like, St. Francis should be a dub. At Wisconsin should not be a win. Uh, yeah, that's why. At UMass, they have no chance of beating Wisconsin. At UMass. Yeah, I mean, I mean they should win that one. Yeah. So Eastern does have that streak of Big Ten upsets. So you never know. That's true. That's true. Yeah, they're going for number four right now. Uh, teams that I think are going to go one and two, though. Akron, I have Buffalo in here. Central, I have you down there. But Central, I could definitely... I mean, that Missouri game's a toss-up for me because I just... Sure, Missouri should beat Central, but I don't... I don't know. I could definitely find myself you know, thinking that, hey, Central's going to come in and somehow trick themselves into a 17-13 to win over Missouri, right? Is that week one? That's week one. Yeah, that's it's one of those. They could Oklahoma State them somehow. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. If they if it ends up happening, that's how it's going to happen. It's going to be ugly. Yeah. Uh, Kent State probably one and two, but there's some variance there for you. Uh, Miami, Ohio, Toledo, Western, all at one and two in my eyes. Zero uh, and three. Teams that are going to go zero and three in my eyes. Bowling Green. Even with an FCS team on the schedule, I think Bowling Green's probably going to lose to Murray State. Uh, this is a Murray State team that went 5-2 and two in the spring. They're not, like, always a winning FCS team, right? But they did go 5-2 and two this past year. And by the time Week 3 rolls around, I mean, we'll learn a lot about Bowling Green, but Murray State's going to learn about, like, you know restarting a, like a new season after a couple months off again and then being in stride by week three like i bowling green's just at a place where like i just don't think that they're going to win a single game in 2021 uh niu they have to prove a lot to me but they also have it pretty tough uh georgia tech wyoming michigan wyoming's defense like i said earlier is going to be good wyoming's offense still has a lot to prove but uh that it would just have to be a case where, like, Wyoming's def- Wyoming's offense just would didn't score enough to beat NIU. But that said, I don't know, with all the changes going on at NIU, especially at quarterback, with Rocky Lombardi apparently at quarterback, I don't know if they're going to be able to get past Wyoming enough either. So, so there is that. And plus playing Georgia Tech and Michigan. Yeah, good luck with that. But I think I'm just going to keep it... Just keep it there. Just keep this thing under 20 minutes. I have, like, other notes of, like, why I think a bunch of these other teams are going to start one and two. Uh, I mean, teams that will probably end up competing for a MAC title for at least, like, the division races, too. You know, they're going to end up starting one and two in the non-con. That's just the way it always is. But, uh, yeah, 
you can check out the notes in the Patreon. Scott, do you have any late last minute thoughts on, you know, the first three weeks of the season and what you may or may be expecting from someone? I just hope we get a just a couple uh yeah, or I should say the wrong thing. I hope we get a couple of P five upsets. One being Syracuse and then hopefully another Big Ten team, maybe Ball State could beat Penn State. That's yeah, that would be I a think. cool one, yeah. Oh, yeah, because Penn State, like, they definitely fell apart at the start of last, like, the quarantine season and all that, but they were able to pull it together, and I think they're not going to have as many people sitting out this year, so who knows, maybe they're going to be able to put themselves back together correctly this time around, but, you know, Ball State's coming off a great season, Penn State is coming off a really bad season, Franklin's on the hot seat, so you never know what could happen. I think, like, one more, just to put, like, uh, in addition on that, and then like, we'll, we'll really end this. Uh, Western is at Pitt. Western's, you know, talented. They do lose D. Eskers. They do lose a good lineman. But they got Caleb Ellaby still. They still have a deep receiving core that's tall and skilled. You know, they still have very good defense and a strong defensive front. I mean, Pitt's, you know, I, I always respect Pitt, but I could always see that being an upset that does happen, too. So that would be a really interesting one to see a MAC team pull off and a very realistic one, I believe. Are you thumbs up or thumbs down on Toledo at Notre Dame? Oh, thumbs down. Well, we tried. We tried. All right. Well, thank you again for listening. I'm Alex. That's Scott. And we'll talk to you guys next time.